Welcome to the Channel Champions Podcast, powered by Evolve IP, hosted by Zach Anderson. Today, we'll explore the always evolving landscape of the IT, telephony, and communications channel. If you are a trusted advisor, strategist, IT consultant, or sales engineer, this one's for you. Today's guest is... Welcome, everybody, to the Channel Champions podcast. Today, I have Mr. Craig Beeson, who is the founder and CEO of Renotis. Um, sir, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, will you uh, go ahead and give us a, an intro? Yeah, you bet. Yeah, thanks for asking me, Zach. I appreciate uh, you taking the time to do this as well. Yeah, so I, um, Craig Beeson started uh, Renotis uh, about 23 years ago. Um, I really the the kind of the crux of starting the company though was I, I really wanted to build a a managed service company around the telecom stack. Um, you know, really kind of focus on that router phone system out, kind of staying away from the in, internal IT. I thought there was a, a need in the marketplace, and, um, and that's uh, that's what got us started day one. Nice. And how did you come up with the name Renotus? <laughs> it is a completely fabricated name. We <clears throat> I was sitting talking to the business plan with someone that uh, I respected to start up a couple companies. And he goes, well, he goes, business plan looks great. He goes, what are you going to call the thing? And I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Didn't think about that piece of it. And he wrote it, literally wrote it down on a napkin at the restaurant I was sitting at. And I'm like, I go, well, what's it mean? He goes, I don't know. He goes, it's got a good ring to it. I'm like, there we go. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And so you've been, uh, you started it, uh, what year? You said 23 years ago. Is that right? 23 years ago. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm always curious, you know, to, uh, to know kind of like what the landscape was like, um, when you started your company, like what did the, what did the channel look like? What was the technology space? Like walk me through that. Yeah. I mean, it's transformed a lot. I mean, you know, day one, really the focus was, I mean, we wanted to build a main services company out, but you know, I was 27 at the time, newly married, first baby on the way, wife just took voluntary layoffs. So day one, it was like, okay, how do we, Another advice that I got from the same individual, it's cash in the door is the most important because eventually you run out of cash. And if you don't figure out how to bring that cash in the door, then you you eventually just die, whether that's six months or 18 months, however long it is. So at the at the time, the opportunity really sat with, you know, getting partnerships with a couple key telcos. Um, you know, I think the first one we got was uh, Quest at the time um, and then uh, AT&T as well to uh, provide some long distance challenges that Quest had within their regulated states. Um, so we just, we secured those two right away and just really hit the ground running, you know, just trying to, you know, get clients to buy from us. Um, you know, we didn't have any clients. So we really, that day one though, we, we had a focus on thousand employees up. Um, we thought that was a space that would had the most need. Um, so we really never lost sight of that. Um, and really for the first couple of years, it was just, you know, building networks, managing what we built, uh, you know, project managing the networks out. And we had a lot of success really since day one. There's, you know, some key individuals that are still part of the telecom industry that, you know, really helped us. Um, you know, I was young. I didn't know what I was doing, but there's some, some individuals that saw what we were doing, liked what we were doing and really kind of, you know, helped advise us, uh, early on, you know, then in 2004, uh, really early again, picked up, uh, the mobility play that we do manage and mobile devices. Um, that was, uh, we, we, we begrudgingly did it. Um, we had clients asking us to help them out. Um, we said, we don't 
do wireless stuff. We're, we're wireline people. Um, but in an annual consult or an annual uh, planning meeting we had in 2004, the consultant we brought in to help us, he said, well, you're in communications. Last time I checked, cell phones were communications. So we got into that mobility management 2004. Um, it was not ready. It was not prime time for uh, enterprise. Um, but we got into it, figured it out over a couple of years. Um, you know, and then kind of the evolution that happened after that was in 2006, we were, you know, helping clients secure network, uh, wireline facilities, helping stage secure mobility devices. Um, but everything we did was react. So customer mm-hmm. service was down, they call us, so we go fix it. Bill was broke. They call us, so we go fix it. I'm like, you know what? That's not, that, that doesn't scale. It just isn't a scalable model. Um, I said, we've got to find a way to proactively monitor the networks, practically monitor the devices, practically monitor the bills. Um, and at the time, it was really early in the TEM space. I mean, TEM really was just starting to become a buzzword in 2006, but there was a, a company in St. Paul called Coeus, and the owner of that company had built a TEM software in 99. Um, so we partnered with, uh, his name was Steve Lambros. We partnered with Steve um, second half of 2006. Clients loved it. They loved the message. They loved the model. And that was really our entry point into that main services, you know, a chargeable event to um, deliver main services. So in January 2007, I called Steve up and I was like, hey, our clients love it. It's going well. But honestly, it's got to be one brand. Um, so either we have to buy you or we have to go build what you have. Um, he was right. 53, 54 at the time and he was looking for a, um, an exit strategy out. Um, so we bought that business, uh, in 2007. And then overnight we went from, you know, 12 employees to 28 employees and, hmm. you know, doubled revenue. Um, you know, I was only, I don't know, 33 at the time, maybe I don't even know how old it was, but you know, so pretty young, pretty naive, um, um, so for the next couple of years, it was everything was a silo. So we'd help clients secure the right carrier, the right technology. We would manage the billing and invoices of the temp software. We'd manage the contracts through the temp software. We had a little knock in place doing um, uh, that main services. We had uh, consultants in place, but we didn't really cross pollinate the cells very well in the first couple of years. So in 2009, we in our annual planning session, we said, okay, if we could destroy the company after and rebuild it based upon everything we've learned over the last seven, eight, nine, ten years. What do we do? Who are we as an organization? And we decided what we were is we we help build, manage, and run world class telecom departments for kind of SMB enterprise, and that's a thousand employees to thirty thousand employees. Mm-hmm. So that's what we want to do. The problem was that this temp software we we bought was it was a great software, very well engineered. It just was based on old technology, so we didn't have the right tool in place to scale anymore. We didn't have the right, some of the right people in place and some of the right um, methodologies in place. So first and foremost was let's go find the tool. The tool in 2009 did not exist. Um, so we went and grabbed Microsoft Dynamics off the shelf and custom built Dynamics to be a, um, a software that we can build to manage and run these departments. Um, so pr- very purpose built, right? Um, it took us a couple of years. I mean, we, we spent probably two and a half, three years building that out before we were ready. To, we felt we were ready for prime time. Um, when we felt like we were ready for prime time, there was an enlightened CIO that uh, was in the Minneapolis area and he heard about what we were doing. He, he called me up and said, I hear about what you're doing. I really like it. I would like to be your first client. Um, I'm going to help you make an enterprise ready. Now you're going to give me a really good price for it. But once it's enterprise ready, he was very well respected in the industry. He goes, I'm going to go out and tell all my peers, 
what mm-hmm. we've done, why we did it, and the results. Um, so we did spend about 18 months building that um, that methodology and the, the practice out. 18 months afterwards, when it was uh, ready for prime time, uh, Joe did exactly what he said. And we kind of rode that Joe Topinka main uh, uh, opportunity for a couple of years after that, really adding a lot of net new enterprise clients um, and scaling what we had built out, really getting us into that main services environment around the telco space. Um, you know, then about 2018, we did our, our uh, second acquisition. Um, it was a company called USACOM that um, it was a father son that had started up and we competed with them in, the, in this marketplace and they were looking for an exit and they knew, you know, we knew each other and they called me up and said, you know, we're looking to get out of the business. Would you guys help, uh, uh, do a transaction with us. I said, yeah, I go, I love the business, love your clients. You got great employees. Um, and, it, and through that transaction, um, I had a t- uh, interim CFO at the time that had done, spent a lot of time in, at a public little company and a lot of M&A work. And he, we got together and we started thinking, boy, there's a lot of, there's a lot of individuals in our industry that are aging or looking for an exit. Um, it's not an industry. A lot of the banking communities at the time understood. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's really difficult to get financing around that. So we built out a, a good business plan to go and do roll up in 2018 after we acquired USACOM, which uh, was really, it's early on what we're seeing right now. Right now we're seeing a ton of roll up activity in the space. So that was really yep. early into that space. Um, so we set out to do that um, on our own. And then uh, we, had limited success early on because there wasn't a lot of other partners out there thinking about, you know, what, what's around the corner and what retirement looks like. So we really had to just generate that, that knowledge base. And, um, and then, you know, so there's some partners out there that just, you know, they don't have the best put together books. And, you know, if I'm right. investing in that, I need to make sure I, I know what I'm, what I'm buying. Um, and then 2020 hit COVID pause everything out. We had just, negotiated an agreement to help a uh, with the company called cherry tree it's an investment banker to help us with this process um COVID hit i said hey let's wait let's see what's going to happen here um what we saw was what i think most partners saw that clients needed us more when COVID hit because it was sure. you know work from home it was increasing internet connectivity getting connectivity you know individuals homes for managing through uh the COVID times so mid part of 2020 um we're, our business was healthy as ever. Um, so we, we reignited uh, the, you know, the, the roll up strategy and brought on our investment banker. And, and then since then we've, uh, we've done a number of transactions, uh, and, and it's been a really fun, interesting space because what Renotis has done is we've developed a platform that, you know, with the main services to where we can add additional value and additional services not just going out and procuring the network and the, the carrier services, um, but we you know, would provide that, that additional value. So we know if we have a client that needs a new network, well, we manage the invoices, we manage the inventory, we manage the contracts so we can develop the right, uh, the right process for them to go and secure that, that new technology, whatever it might be. Um, same thing on the, the mobile device side of the house. It's, you know, it, we, we have clients getting ready to roll out new, technology within mobile devices we're managing the environment we're managing the help desk component of it the engineering aspect of it so it just puts us in a stronger position and as we've been buying companies allowing uh and rolling those additional services out to those companies that we bought it just makes that much more of a, of a stickier product set with with our good clients 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it provides that, that added value that, uh, that we're seeing that the, you know, that the marketplace is really in demand for. It's amazing. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's interesting, the approach that you've taken, you know, as, as opposed to, you know, like a, a typical quote unquote agent, right. Who would go out and find three different options for the customer, um, and say, you know, pick which one is, you know, makes the most sense or what have you, you're sort of taking the approach of like, well, you know, whatever we can do in house, you know, we're going to do that and kind of offset that. And you're right. I mean, it does, it does make for a, uh, a stickier kind of customer, but also, I mean, you know, it's more, it's more of a, a well-rounded product that you're giving them. You're not just, you know, outsourcing the solutions. You're also saying, well, you know, we can, we can pull the levers and push the buttons too, which is, which is really cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, agency work, it's, it's, I've always thought this, it's, it's, it's great work. It provides a great service. The unfortunate thing is, is we're not billing the client for that work. Um, once the contract's signed and that work's installed, uh, we kind of, we move down the value step quite a bit, right? We we're not as valuable at that point in time. So we kind of lose our face within the client. Um, so when you're offering the main services, when you're doing the day-to-day uh, network uh, monitoring, when you're doing the, you know, when I'm building all the calls for you know, mobile device support, you know, we're, we're relevant, right? We're billing the client for those services. So it, it's, it's, we're, you know, we're not low on the value chain at that point in time. Cause that's the unfortunate thing is you, you get the tough work done, which is getting the network in, getting an operational, getting the right product set in. And then we, then we kind of lose our face a little bit, you know, it's the, mm-hmm lumen of the world or the AT&T of the world, because that's who's getting the invoice. Um, it really, it really creates a, a stronger um, client position for us, um, mm-hmm. which is what we've seen, which, which is why our average client is being 13.3 years in tenure with us. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yep. And are you sort of uh, regionally focused or do you have clients all over the u.s or global or i mean it's the 80 20 rule you know 80 percent of our clients are up upper midwest but as we buy companies and expand that out i mean we're we're going we're spanning to the east coast now we're getting down into the south um we we definitely want to you know expand this this model out with through the acquisitions um we're we're heavily in michigan because our our cro that uh, just came on board lives in michigan our cto who's our client advisory um, CTO. He lives in Michigan. So we're, you know, we're expanding uh, the footprint out significantly out outside of just the, the upper Midwest. Wow. So what's the, uh, I don't know, five next five year goal for you guys. Yep. Yeah. We, uh, you know, the, the goal is, is, you know, keep the M&A rolling, um, keep organic growth. Organic growth is as important as M&A. Uh, actually you could argue maybe more important, but really, you know, the five year goal is, is as we're, buying these agencies it's really because we're, we're not buying you know some of the pe firms out there are buying contracts right we're, bu- we're buying businesses we're buying people uh we're buying good clients and we're expanding our um main services uh product sets out into those clients um mm. but it's really and 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 professionally running the organization right you know we're we're very big on our culture um, and that's very important to us um so we definitely we definitely look for you know the like-minded experience and um but yeah the next five years it's organic growth and continue down the m a activity so what do you think is different between like your strategy and some of the other call it um 
you know, mini TSDs, like some of the, the groups that have sort of, um, conglomerated, if that's a word. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, the, um, so what we're different is, is, you know, we're direct sellers, so we don't have sub agent channel. Um, you know, we're, we're using the TSDs for, you know, access to the carrier contracts and things like that. And they're, they, they provide a very important, um, uh, component to what we do, you know, but we're, we're right with the end user, right? So when we're driving that value, we're driving it with the, you know, the end client mind. Um, mm-hmm. So that that's that's how we're different. You know, the TSDs are providing that, you know, that that avenue for the you know the contracts and the you know the negotiated carrier agreements and things like that. Nice. How how like when did you notice um, in the beginning? Like because I like we talked about as as an agent or as a partner, you've got a couple different tracks you can take, right? Like you know, you can either be the here's here's three solutions, pick one, or you can be like go the MSP route and kind of build it more foundationally like what made you want to go the msp route initially versus like so more of the consultant you know um solution consultant type type yeah yeah so i about 10 years ago i was like you know the agent model i felt was going to be a dying model because Mm. the value creation like i said it, it it dissipates so quickly once everything's in right it's very difficult to create that added value once everything's set, right? I mean, there is some escalations and troubleshooting things that just periodically come up, but I did really feel that the agency needed to be married up with an extra set of value to to those clients. And we're seeing it, right? I mean, when when we first started, you know, agents were very, you know, we, we had a very small percentage of the overall business. And over the last five years, we're seeing that flip, we're seeing that the, the carriers are embracing what we're doing in the channel a lot more. Um, we're, they're seeing a lot more of that value creation. And I think yeah. they're going to expect and demand more of that value creation rather than just paying us a percentage. They're going to want us to deliver a lot more added value hmm. in assisting that those, uh, you know, those customers to come within, uh, you know, the different carriers. So I think it was, I think it, early on, it was, I felt like we needed to do that. And now I think what we're seeing is we're seeing that value creation that's created. We're seeing that being driven by the carriers coming back saying, okay, if you're going to sell our services, that's great. But what additional value are you creating in order to do that? I think that's mm-hmm. what we're seeing. I think we're going to continue to see a lot more of that actually. Mm-hmm. How, how have you all been able to, I guess, Renotus in general, how have you been able to navigate through the different, um, you know, emerging technologies through the past 20 years? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been, there's, it's been challenging for sure. Um, and even when we were smaller, it was, it was even more challenging because there's so many carriers or so many different technologies it's moving fast enough. It's hard to stay ahead of that curve. Um, but bringing on the CTO. Um, so we actually had a client CIO that, worked with us for a number of years and he just came one day and he's like, if there's an opportunity to work for you guys, I want to do it. So what we did is when we hired that individual, we tasked him with, you know, staying out in front of the technology curve um, and being our, you know, kind of our person that arms all of our seasoned tenured salespeople with where the technology is going, how we're going to stay ahead of it. Um, and then flip side, you know, he's, he's client facing. So he's out with our clients, you know, cause our CIOs are, they're generalists usually, right. They're not, you know, they might have an infrastructure background or a software background, but for the most part, they're, they're generalists are running a business. Um, 
So we use the CTO to be the individual that comes in to advise our CIOs on where this stack is going. You know, and early on it was, you know, it was wider networks and phone lines. And then all of a sudden that evolved to, you know, you know, from frame relay to MPLS and then MPLS to DIA and then SD WAN and, you know, now, you know, UC, um, mm-hmm. you know, contact centers, you know, kind of the buzzword. And, you know, we're hearing a lot about security, but we're, we're, we're being pretty thoughtful about what we want to be a, an expert in because I, we don't want to go out and say we're security experts because we're not. Now that doesn't mean that eventually we might not develop specific skill sets within security, but we're very thoughtful in how we and what we're pursuing because we're not going to go out and tell a prospect or a client that we're this just to get agency commissions on it. We want to create a specific value and why they're doing business with us. And I mean, we have all kinds of stuff. I mean, you have IoT and you have AI now. And uh, so mm-hmm. it, it definitely, it's not getting any easier, uh, but that CTO position really has been a great answer to stand out in front of that for mm-hmm. us. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's it's um, the concept of like, you know, master of one versus jack of all trades thing is, is um it's hard because, you know, you want to try to get in as many conversations or opportunities as possible based on what the, the, the end user organization needs. But, um, you know, if you know a little about a lot, I think it sort of hamstrings you in yeah. certain conversations. And like, you definitely want to position yourself as the, you know, the expert in the room sort of thing. You know, that's how you're pitching your business, right? Otherwise, they would just kind of do that work themselves, you know? Yeah, no, and that's, that's specifically why we've, we've stayed so laser focused on if we say we can do it, we know it better than anyone else. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, what are, what are some technologies that you feel like, you know, aren't being talked about enough right now? You know, I, I really think, and one of the reasons why we made an investment in uh, a company down in the South was I do feel as though um, 5G as a service is mm-hmm. going to be very impactful. I think it's really going to, I think it's going to kill coax. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think we're on the early stages of it right now, just as 5G becomes more stable and more relevant and in, in, in wider areas. Um, I think that 5G, because 5G is going to develop, I mean, 6G is already being you know, in the labs, right? So just the bandwidth opportunities that come out of that and the simplicity that goes around it, I think that 5G as a service is going to be a pretty exciting place. Um, I think private and public cellular networks on campus stuff, I think that's mm-hmm. going to be a, a very impactful space that we're, we're seeing some very, we're seeing some very early wins with that, uh, that private and public network. Just mm-hmm. it's so much easier on a campus to, you know, get a 5G um, connectivity and, put that signal out than it is to lay fiber everywhere. It's a lot cheaper. It's a lot more effective. It's a lot faster. So, hmm. yep. So I think those are going to be interesting things. I, I mean, AI is a whole interesting topic on how that's going to change everything that, that we're doing today. Right. Right. Um, I, I think, I don't know enough about it yet to you know, speak to it, but we're, we're watching AI pretty close for a variety of different reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, just even with what we do operationally, we think there's some AI solutions that, make us more efficient and make what we do uh, a lower cost, which then we can provide added value to our clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, AI is an interesting one. You know, you hear a lot about how, you know, 
AI is going to take people's jobs and stuff like that. And, and I think in some cases, maybe, but I think, you know, as you know, in the past, I don't know, 50, 60 years, as we've seen technology progress, like, yeah, some jobs go away, but other jobs are created, yeah. which I think is left out of the conversation. Like, I don't know, it, it's a hard one for me because, you know, some of the things that just take up a ton of time, like you want to sort of outsource that or, or uh, you know, automate that, right? But, you know, there's always going to be a fear there and change management is, uh, <laughs> is a tough thing to grasp for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, we look at just technology as a general, just like you said, it's, it's not, we don't see it as a threat. We don't see it as affecting people's jobs. We look at it as a way to deliver a higher value of service to our clients, either whether it's faster or cheaper or more accurate, whatever it might be. That's, that's how we view technology, not as, as a threat. We view it as an opportunity to, you know, just create a, a stronger value prop to, to our end users. Mm hmm. Speaking of value props, what has it been like? How has the evolution of the uh, TSD affected um, partners over the last, just like in the time that you've been um, in this business? Well, I mean, you know, early on, you know, early on, we actually, I was opposed to using uh, TSDs. Everything right. I wanted to do was was direct, and that was sure. a, that was a foolish, naive mistake on my end. I, yeah, I was just young and naive, but as the TSDs have evolved, right? And as we've turned down our direct contracts and married up with a couple of what I believe are the right TSDs, um, you know, they're they're making our lives easier because we're not having to deal with agreements with the you know with, with telecom providers. We're not having to worry about quotas. We're not having we're, what we're we're worried about is we're delivering we're about delivering high value to our clients and the TSDs. Are helping us do that because they manage the noise around those carrier agreements. Um, so that's that's been a, a nice evolution. Um, I, I like the fact that they're starting to come together, especially the regional ones, because what it does is it gives us more. It gives us a louder voice. I mean, you know, when you have TSDs that are managing hundreds of millions of dollars of carrier revenue and across multiple ones, and it's in a very professionalized approach, it does. It makes the credibility of the end seller that much stronger. And, and we have a, a much larger vo voice because of it, I believe. So I've, I've liked the evolution. I think it's been great. Um, early on, I think there were just too many small ones that um, hmm. didn't, that didn't have a large, a loud enough voice, but now, now with the, you know, the half a dozen or so that are left, the, the voice is pretty loud. I think demands attention. What, what do you think is causing the rise in these smaller TSDs today? I mean, but, Maybe besides like the private equity conversation, but just in general, like what do you think is driving, you know, the, the smaller ones to pop up? I mean, honestly, I guess I haven't focused on it too much, but I can't even think of outside of one. I can't think of really any small TSDs are even left. Um, you know, now that uh, Chepstone sold uh, TBI to AppDirect and that's right. You know, the stuff that Avant's done to us. Um, you know, and then Bridgepoint, you know, their whole model. Um, mm -hmm. I can only think of one, you know, regional or smaller TSD that's out there um, outside of those. It's almost it's almost like the consolidations all happened. Well, there's like the, um, you know, the Amplexes, the Blue Waves, um, you know, TDM. It's kind of so I wouldn't call them 
TSDs. I call them uh, like a super agent. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I call yeah. Them a super agent. Yeah. Um, I I think it's a great thing, and the reason I think it's a great thing is based really upon the conversation I made about the TSDs. That as we get larger, you know, as we get to become a hundred million dollar a year in revenue companies, and we're managing, you know, multinational huge corporations, we become just that much more of a, of a industry, you know, before when it was, you know, even Renotis, when we were back in 2017, we were 50 FTEs and, you know, for an agent, that's, that's fairly large. Um, you know, now we're 240 FTEs. You know, if you look at Amplix and Blue Wave and Upstack and NetSpark, I mean, they're all, they're all doing the same thing that we're doing. And I think, I love it. I think it's great because it, it makes, it, it makes our voice louder and we're becoming more relevant. So instead of having to explain to an end prospect what we do and why we do it, a lot more now it's they're aware of what we do and how we do it. Whereas five, five years ago, it was a lot more explaining our business model to an end mm-hmm. prospect. Mm-hmm. We're starting to see a lot less of that explanation, a lot, a lot more people just kind of knowing that, you know, we exist because of what's going on in the industry. So I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Do you think there are enough um, of the younger generation coming up into the channel to, you know, take over what, you know, like what you've built or like, you know, other, other agencies have built? You know, we, I, I really don't see a lot of younger people doing it, which is kind of a little bit of a concern, right? I mean, there needs to be a succession for when, you know, you know, the, the older generation, myself included, when we start to, you know, look toward, you know, the end game. Right. Um, so I don't run into a lot of younger people doing it. Um, don't know why that is because it's a, it's a, it's an easy model to start up. Um, and it's a, it's, it's a great, you know, the entry to this business is, is fairly simple. Just if you just want to be an agent. Mm -hmm. So what do you think is going to happen? I mean, if there's nobody to (laughs) replace, I I think it's probably happening. I think I probably just, because I've been so focused on M and A, I'm probably not as involved. I'm definitely not as involved with going to the TSD events and going to the panel show in Vegas. I mean, I haven't gone to that four or five years and (laughs) it's, it probably is happening. It's just, I'm probably just not as aware as, as others are. Yeah. So, um, what other, what other sort of, um, I don't know, call it, uh, like what, what do you, what do you see of the channel community that is like alarming right now? Like what, what's your, what's some advice that you might have to the channel community right now? Um, you know, I, th- I, I think the biggest thing is it's very easy to get into this business and work really hard and get it to a nice spot and then kind of take your eye off the ball. Um, I mean, it's just easy to do, or you get on that hamster wheel and you get to a couple million dollar a month in base. And then all of a sudden, you know, you have write downs, you have lost of clients and that hamster wheel gets pretty, uh, gets running pretty fast on you. Um, mm-hmm. and it, it's a really hard thing to get off that hamster wheel. Um, and a lot of us have taught, I mean, we, we all, I mean, the nice part about the agent world is, is for the most part, we're all in the same, you know, 
we're all friendly, right? If there's something someone else is doing and I want to try to figure that out, you know, most times they'll, you know, they'll take the call and, and vice versa. I, you know, I'm more than uh, happy to see if I can help someone steer around a pothole that I drove straight into. But I think it trying to figure out how to get off that hamster wheel, that's a, that's that, that's hard. We struggled with it for about, uh, right through that 2007 to 2010, that hamster wheel was, was a, we were on it and we were going, uh, as fast as we could possibly go just to keep up on it. But it is a really difficult, um, uh, thing to break. Hmm. So, so what about like, um, I always like to ask this towards the, uh, end of our episodes, but like if you had some advice that you could give to your younger self or somebody that's just starting out in the channel, like what would that advice be? Boy, um, boy, was a lot. I'm trying to think what the most impactful would be. Um, I think the biggest thing is, is, you know, you always hear don't burn a bridge. I think that's so important. Like I, I've kind of lived by that, but it, I had to, I had to learn that at a young age and, and, you know, and the hard way, I think don't burn the bridge. Like you just never know when you're going to need that bridge to come back. Um, there's a lot of really good people in this industry. A lot of really good people. There's bad people too. I mean, it's like everywhere, but you know, it's relationships. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm very happy with the amount of relationships and the friends that I've developed over the, you know, over 20 years. Um, you know, cause those calls happen. Like, you know, I get into a jam or someone gets into a jam and it's like, Oh, well, you know, so-and-so maybe can help me out and make those phone calls. And but just building those relationships is so important to what we do, I think. And not just on the, vendor side, the carrier side, but the TSDs and your clients and, you know, you can't put a price tag on, on that relationship. Don't burn a bridge. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what would you say to a uh, supplier that, you know, wants to try to do better and earn a partnership with you? Um, be genuine. Yep. Be genuine. The, the people that I enjoy doing the business with the most are the people that I, they're genuine. You know, I, I know that they, you know, there's something they need to get out of it. We need to get out of it, but you know, that being genuine goes a long way with, you know, with me personally. Um, and I think it does with a lot of people, um, you know, the, the ones that just come because they want you to sell their stuff, you know, you, you kind of lose that, that genuine aspect. And, you know, it's not just, it's not just going in a partnership like that. It's not just about selling their stuff. Sure. That's part of it, but it's about when stuff goes bad, you know, that they're going to be there to support it because it will go bad. I mean, it's, you know, every, every partnership we've ever had with every vendor has had, you know, it's, it's, it's issues. And you got to know that there's somebody, someone there genuinely that will embrace it and, and we'll get it fixed hand in hand. Cause that's, we go into the transaction hand in hand and we support the client through that same hand in hand approach. Right. Yeah. It's something that, you know, we talk about as a channel team all the time and that, that I try to bring up, like, you know, it's gotta be, the relationships with our channel partners have to be more than just, Hey, when's the next deal coming? You know, like what else, you know, like, let me, you know, let's look at your customer base and let's see what, uh, you know, it's gotta be more than that. So like, what, what have, have you seen as successful, like with some of your key relationships with suppliers that kind of helps strengthen those relationships? Um, You You know, just, you know, just spending time with each other. Like, you know, that's why I went to, you know, the Vegas shows every year. And, you know, back when Quest did their program every year, I, I made it a, 
a point to go and be present because having those developing those personal relationships can't just be done over the phone. It, in my mind, yeah. it's gotta be done in person. Um, sure. And I have, I mean, I've developed some like world-class relationships with multitude of different people over the, you know, 20 plus years. And it's, it's, it's spending that time together. It's not, and it's not just about the business aspect either. I mean, it's, I mean, I can think of a number of times that I've done a lot of personal trips with these individuals over the years. And, so I think it's really about that investment, that investment in time. And, and once you get to know someone, um, I think it just takes that, just takes it, it's, no, it's no different than having a friend, right? I mean, yeah. you, you have good friends and you, you have, you're good friends because you're like-minded and, you know, you, you know that they're there if, you know, to have your back and same thing on the, 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 the vendor side, it's, it's no different than that in my mind. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> you know, it's, I'm always, I'm always, inter- you know, you gotta, you gotta keep learning. You gotta keep asking you know, what partners need, you know, it can't just be what we need. Right. So, yeah, you know, yeah, you're right. So, um, well, I really appreciate you coming on. I I just wanted to end with like, um, you know, if you had some events coming up or any fun things that Renotis is doing or like what, uh, tell me about that. Yeah, we do. Um, so I'm very uh, passionate about trying to cure cancer. Um, so we, but during COVID, uh, American Cancer Society was going through some tough uh, revenue year. Um, so we spun up just literally off the client with the CIO that was going through cancer. Him and I spun up a CIOs against, we, we didn't call it that at the time, but it was CIOs against cancer shoot mm-hmm. that we did. And the first year we raised like 20 grand. Um, this year we're on target to raise, so that was 2020. This year we're on target to raise $500,000. And I wow. think we're going we're gonna to crush that. Um, wow. So we have our, and we spun up a CIOs against cancer, Michigan on Friday, that event already it's full. Um, we've got a hundred people. We have got 137 people coming. We've got 90 shooters. That event's already raised $65,000. And then wow. in September, we've got our uh, Minnesota one, which is where we're originated. And like I said, we're, we're going to, I mean, we're already a half a million dollars right now that we've raised. And, you know, we see that thing next year raising a million dollars. And the great thing is, is for every 250 we raise, it funds a cancer research project. Wow. Um, so, yeah, this year we'll, we'll fund two. Next year we'll probably be able to fund three or four. Um, That's amazing. Well, I mean, like like Jeff and I, Jeff Mader is the individual that him and I uh, took this under our wing. We, we always said, you know, how cool would it be if we could fund one project that saves a life? Just one life. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that, that's, I don't know. That's pretty, that's pretty important to us. So that's amazing. Yep. That's, that's incredible. Yep. Well, I, uh, I, that's amazing that you're crushing the goal and I can't wait to, uh, check in with you here in a little while and see what else you have going on. And, uh, again, I really, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, is there, uh, anywhere that folks can find you or reach out to you? Yeah. Uh, hit me on LinkedIn. Best place. <laughs> yep. I'm short and I'm sweet. Very, I'm very active on LinkedIn and, all you have to do is pull me up. So I love it. Yep. Well, sir, Mr. Craig Beeson, I appreciate it. Um, we'll end it there. And thanks everybody for watching. We'll catch you on the next one. Yeah, thanks. Seth. That's a wrap on this episode of the Channel Champions podcast. You can find this in all our episodes on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or your favorite streaming platforms. If you have any suggestions for future episodes, guests, or topics, please reach out to us. We appreciate you coming along with us on this journey and hope you'll be back for the next episode. 
Until then, stay tuned, stay connected, and stay inspired.